I think a lot of people take the, um, the rejection like very personally and don't see that it could be a tool as well for, to help you grow. Like they're just like, oh, they rejected me. They, I never want to hear about them again or like I'm afraid to ask. Hey everyone, you're listening to the 2M Creative Labs podcast. On this episode, we have Raphael Galusha, a Swiss concept artist. We talk about finding the positives in rejection, the design process with form and function in mind, and his experience in the military influencing his concept art. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening to another episode of the podcast. So I guess today we have Raphael, maybe we could have you introduce yourself, who you are, and what do you do? So yeah, as you know, my name is Raphael. I'm uh, a Swiss concept artist. So concept art is basically the pre-production phase in the entertainment industry, uh, usually, but it also applies to other departments. Could be used for uh, games, toys, could be used for amusement parks and so on. So very broad uh, things, basically a problem solver and so on. Um, I decided to pursue this career because I always had a passion for drawing and I thought I was gonna become an engineer when I was a kid but I decided to uh, follow my passion and try to make it work out. I know it's a very competitive field uh, but yeah I decided to go study in Vancouver at Vancouver Film School there and met a lot of cool people. It worked out pretty well and I managed to make a living out of it so yeah that's basically where I'm at. What was the decision in making that jump from engineering to pursuing that passion? Actually um, as you may know in Switzerland we have mandatory military service mm-hmm. and weirdly enough it's when I when I went to the military um, you could either choose to do it before starting university or after university. I decided to do it beforehand and before that I was studying math and physics in high school and was on on my way to go to university, study engineering. But something just clicked with me in the military where I started questioning what I wanted to do later on when I saw all my friends doing so hard, like losing their social life and so on. And yeah, I was like, do I really want to do this? Like, is it really me? And having this this whole year just not having to study I, I realized I didn't like to I didn't want to pursue those this this track this mm-hmm. this career that I had in mind my whole life and I always had drawing as a, as a hobby honestly and luckily enough I discovered concept art uh, at that time just on YouTube because I, I just bought a new tablet at the time started drawing digitally I was looking for tutorials and that's how I discovered this whole field mm-hmm. where you could design for video games for movies for TV shows and so on I was like holy crap that's awesome <laughs> and that's what I want to do so, so cool. I researched yeah I researched it and found out there were a lot of schools and yeah that's that's how I switched basically yeah like seeing what your passions are and then pursuing those and seeing like what other people are doing and be like oh I don't know if this is right for me yeah, I was lucky. I know a lot of people have trouble finding what makes them tick or what they love to do, what they would like to do. A lot of people have doubts about it. And I consider myself very lucky to have found my way pretty early on. I started thinking about it at what age, 19, 18, and I kind of found my way that early. I have a lot of friends, for example, in university right now, they're like, yeah, I'm studying biology or whatever, economics. And they're like, eh, 
they just do it to get the paper but it's not really like a passion of theirs or so on so yeah mm -hmm. I, I think i'm pretty lucky in that yeah. regards was there any sort of doubts that you had to fight when you chose to pursue that passion be like can you make a living out of this or you did some pretty good <laughs> research i'd imagine right um well you know there's always the stigma with artists that starving artists and so on so that was kind of in the back of my mind i was like hmm i don't know if i can actually survive doing that and in switzerland this you may know we have a lot of industries but entertainment industry is not one of our strength let's say mm -hmm. i don't know how many swiss movies or video games you know of but that's true not really our, our thing <laughs> so yeah what i told it i discussed a lot with my parents like hey so i might not want to become an engineer like what do you mean <laughs> uh, that was that was yeah uh, a difficult time but they were very supportive in the end especially my mom my dad took a little longer to convince but we did some research we tried to figure out how how much job is it like really really niche how competitive is it do i have a chance and so on mm -hmm. and also like try to find schools i tried talking to other artists that i could find in switzerland to see what can get a feeling for it they all told me the same thing it's very competitive and if i want to make it i really have to be good it didn't demotivate me it just motivated me even more i was like okay challenge accepted i'm gonna give myself a few years try to make it work out because i know if i didn't try i would just regret it or keep thinking about it my whole life and like oh, what if so at least i'm trying it and well i always had a plan b that if it didn't work i could always fall back to more standard studies or mm -hmm. something like that that's awesome i think <laughs> it's nice to look at it in that way a lot of people i feel will say you know that's isn't that very risky right but um you're taking that risk so that you don't have to think about it for the rest yeah. of your life right like i'm still young also like i started thinking about age 19 if i take a few years like let's say three years to try and make it work so um the courses i decided to do was only one year long so mm -hmm. it was kind of bad i was doing okay most of my friends they failed their first year at university they will have to do military later on so they're also gonna they're also losing a few years so at the end i was kind of the same stage as they were without yeah like w without taking too much risk in a way mm -hmm. so yeah. that, that, that was just the bet i was doing with myself and I think it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. You've traveled a fair bit, right? So you ended up in I Canada, did. in Vancouver to study, and now you've been... Yes. I know when last we talked, you were actually in the UK. Yeah, and... uh, I was in London for half a year, and now I am in Germany, actually. So... Yeah, so how did that kind of happen? Look, what, <laughs> what was the decision? Like, I'm going to go to Vancouver to study, and then I'm going to go look for work. So the reason for Vancouver was well like i said the entertainment industry is not really strong in switzerland so the schools we i had access to in switzerland were quasi non-existent or really not rated very well so studying abroad in this field was a must i, I had to go somewhere else so i just researched a lot of schools there are a few in in uh, france there were a few in the us in canada there was uh, one even in singapore called FZD. So in the end, I just narrowed it down to three schools that I really liked the program, liked the the output, and so I applied to them. It was the one in Singapore, uh, the one in uh, Montreal, 
and the one in Vancouver called Vancouver Film School. And I got accepted in two of them, not accepted, but like they were ready to get me in, in two of them, either Vancouver or Singapore. And uh, I chose Vancouver since it's a little closer to my culture. Would it be food wise? Would it be just culture wise, more the Western culture? Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently it was less like the hours were not expected you to work 19 hours per day every day. So I thought I'm also there to meet people to have like I didn't want to do the studies because I didn't want to cut my social life. Mm-hmm. I think networking is important, meeting people, getting experience in other fields, just getting inspiration from elsewhere was also important to me. So I decided to go to the school and I think it was the right choice for me at least. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm glad to hear that the school was <laughs> something that, you know, was very beneficial to you. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, that's how I ended up in Vancouver. So. <laughs> that's crazy. And then you bounced out after Vancouver and then you ended up in the UK. So my plan going to Vancouver was to actually stay there. Uh, I was looking into getting a working permit or PR and so on. Problem was I didn't have enough papers, I didn't have any language tests, so applying for those visas was very complicated for me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any experience either in the field, so uh, there's like experts entry and so on, A a lot of Uh, different ways to get to stay there but none of them really matched with me so uh, I kind of had to go back to Europe but uh, I actually met my girlfriend there she was in my class actually and she she was Brazilian so she also had trouble getting a visa but luckily she had the Italian passport so I told her hey there's a lot more opportunities in Europe as well in our field maybe try applying there and she actually managed to get a job in London as a concept artist as well and so I just decided to go with her um, managed to get some freelancing uh, gigs here and there uh, well she was actually uh, paying mostly for the the rent <laughs> so I'm really really thankful for that and um, yeah I just kept applying then in uh, in Europe where I was able to work uh, I didn't have any visa issues uh, since I have the Swiss passport and I also have German, which helps a lot. Right. So, so yeah, and that's how I spent my time in London. Actually, uh, it took me about six months to land a job after I finished my cursus, which is quite long. It was kind of hard for me. I was kind of doubting was it the right choice or not, but I just kept at it. Uh, practicing, improving my portfolio, trying to get feedback when I was applying to places. Uh, They were rejecting me, but I was like, okay, why, what can I improve to be a better fit next time? And so on. And that really gave me a lot of direction on what I had to improve. And I could see it as well that my art was not as good as I wanted it to be. Like Mm -hmm. my eye was better trained than my hand could actually make the work, so. It's always interesting that you could, like I never really thought about that where you could just ask, you know, like what was it that, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people take the the rejection like very personally and don't see that it could be a tool as well to help you grow. Like they're just like, oh, they rejected me. They, I never want to hear about them again or like I'm afraid to ask. Also like in, in personal, interactions when someone tells you no or criticizes you it's hard not to take it personally and actually to take upon you okay they have a vision that's different and like 
just process it and apply the feedback if you think it's relevant or not mm -hmm. it, it's yeah i tried to get into that mindset i'm not saying it was easy and it still is actually have to make conscious decisions like breathe in like okay it's not a, an attack about myself it's just like how it is and let's make the best out of it absolutely it's hard when you're so passionate about it right but yeah because you really put yourself into your work so when it gets criticized it's like a part of you getting attacked which is i think a lot of people struggle with this mm -hmm. but but yeah you have to be able to really separate that, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Through the mindset you have to shift. It's it's very hard, but mm -hmm. nice. But I'm glad to hear that because you know, like that's what got you to find new work, and you're mm -hmm. doing something pretty like something really cool now, right? Yeah, it's not exactly what I would like. So I'm not exactly in the entertainment industry, but the process is exactly the same. So right now, I'm actually creating vir virtual reality experiences for the pharma industry basically like trainings uh, on the new machinery usually like you have a new i don't know mixer for mayonnaise or whatever and people want to do either sales presentations so you have like exploded views and like how how do you showcase something so more on the marketing side i do storyboards i design the rooms and all the different interactions the ui visual effects so it, it's really concept work mm -hmm. as well it's just not as cool or it's different let's say than designing for a video game where you, you would do spaceships or levels or different guns props and so on the process is exactly the same which is i'm getting a lot of experience and that's also one thing i learned is stay open to anything don't don't get tunnel vision on like i absolutely want to get into games unless that's your thing but <laughs> so it seems like you do everything though so i've been looking a lot of a lot of your art your art station and it's like you do things like environments you do props you do characters mm -hmm. um do you think it's important to have that flexibility or do you you think concept artists should be able to find a niche that you know they want to focus on and want to get a job in well, there's really two schools on uh, this. Some people say like you should be able to do anything uh, because that makes you more hireable in a way, especially in like uh, smaller teams, so more like indie projects or like smaller studios and so on. Uh, whereas if you're you only can do one thing, for them it's not as valuable to have hired a guy who could only do props and that's it because like they don't have enough resources they, they they would rather have a jack of all trades okay why not we don't have props to design uh can you also do ui for us could you also do like an environment oh we have this character coming in and if you have one guy who can do all of those uh it's going to be much more much more valuable for a smaller company whereas bigger studios uh will tend to have streamlined pipelines a lot more resources so they can hire really the best vehicle designer there is they can hire the best character artist there is and so on so the quality will be a lot better because the guys are so specialized and so focused and so knowledgeable about this one specific part of it that they're gonna find work there but it's it's really two schools and you focus on two different things in my opinion so mm -hmm. What about you? What do you focus on? Um, what, is a, what is something that you want to focus more on? Or do you prefer being the jack of all trades? You get to do a lot of different things and design. Actually, there's, um, uh, I really like mech stuff, like hard surface, uh, more like mechanical 
Would it be guns? Would it be machines? Would it be uh, also just props, whatever props there is? Mm -hmm. uh, is something I'm really fond of, I really like. Uh, whereas more organic stuff or characters is really like harder for me. Oh. I wouldn't say I don't enjoy it, but I know I know a lot of people love characters, but I, I find it's not as enjoyable for me, mm -hmm. or it's actually way harder. Interesting. But I would like to get better at it because I see that I'm not as good and I could do better and yeah. I think I should. So I'm still debating with myself, should I go full into the mech stuff or should I try to expand my skills and just become good everywhere mm -hmm. or try to be? Interesting. Did you so, find that uh, yeah. the military mm -hmm. influenced that sort of like focus for, on mech and sure. props? So, yeah. So um, there's a design philosophy that I, I really like. It's uh, form follows function. So like by looking at a at an object, you can understand immediately what it's designed for. Uh, for example, you look at those 80s, 90s, like boom box music cassettes you know like oh you have the play button if i click this like you have the thing that ejects here there's the two speakers that's where the sound comes out from so like just by the design of it you see where the handle is you see like where you plug you where you put the battery so everything makes sense just by looking at it and you compare this to like smartphones nowadays the shape doesn't tell you that it can play music it doesn't tell you anything about its ability to calculate uh, play videos, take photographs. It's it's just like everything is hidden inside, and you don't see the functionality just by looking at the outer shell. So I, I really like this form full of function. I, I think it shows also better design skill. And one of the best places, in my opinion, to study this is the military. So because everything is made just to be practical, it doesn't need to be pretty. It just has to be practical. And I think my time there, I just kept looking at stuff, and I was like, huh. I already had this this mindset that was always interested in learning things and uh, yeah I think that that totally influenced me I always had this I always liked mech stuff before but just mm -hmm. being in the military having access to all those props guns different tools that are just so practical were like eye candy for me for the whole, whole thing. <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, I've spoken with a bunch of Swiss uh, Swiss guys who have to do the military service, and you know, they're always like, "Oh, I want to run, I want to drive the tanks, and I want to shoot the cannons." You know. Well, it's... I was in tanks, and I shot the cannons. Luckily, I I know I would not have liked it as much if I was in infantry, for example. So, for sure, having access to those huge war machines was, yeah, something that not everyone has access to in their life. So, mm -hmm. I, I'm really grateful to have been deployed into. Uh, into those troops that's so cool um so i guess on top of like form follows function um where mm -hmm. do your concepts come from so like what's the process like when you conceptualize maybe a prop or maybe a mech um where do they kind of come from and what inspires them hmm it's hard to tell so right now most of the work i do for the company that uh, hired me so they they give me a brief on what they need. So we need this room designed for this device. So always get a brief and from the brief, I have to visualize it and try to make it as, as good and as practical as, as designed as possible. So sometimes I have more room to explore. They usually just set the boundaries of, okay, here's your playground. 
uh, this is the limits like we don't want to have uh, it in space or on the water for example so when I design an environment they're like okay this is the architectural style we're going for this is the time period this is XYZ parameters and I play within this field mm-hmm. uh, when I'm on my own it's very broad um, because I don't have any boundaries so I usually like to set my own boundaries in that sense so I just have uh, walking when I'm walking in the streets or so on I just see stuff that inspires me gives me just a cool idea and if I have a cool idea like I don't know uh, uh, something recently I was thinking about is mixing a time period with something that is modern from nowadays and the idea I had in this was in ancient Greece what if they had subways how would they have constructed subways and that I was I was thinking about all the what would make sense with the technology at the time and so on and those gave me the boundaries to play and and that's why I applied form follows function okay what is the function they need and that will dictate the form of my design and I I tend to have troubles making it not too functional because we're still like in fantasy stuff so Mm -hmm. you have to make it look cool so there's this thin line is is it cool and is it practical? Because sometimes it doesn't make sense, but it looks cool, so you still do it. So there's right. this, this fine balance I try to to work on still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always wondered that. It's like, where do you draw the line between like it's got to look cool so that you know somebody would want to invest or like you know buy into this idea mm-hmm. versus well, it's entertainment still. So at some point, if it's cool enough that people say yeah i don't buy it but it's cool so okay (laughs) (laughs) for example when you think about oh why do the spaceships make sound in space doesn't make any sense but it's cool it's more entertaining would be boring if it was just silent right oh yeah it's good right holy shit yeah i totally forgot about that like there's a lot like a lot of those movies games are big offenders of of all those things like oh why does a laser sniper rifle has to be this long it doesn't make any sense since there's no travel time for the bullets to go through the cannon or the barrel Mm -hmm. so it it doesn't make any sense to have a long barrel or a short barrel but everyone has it in their mind that this is what a sniper rifle looks like this is what a handgun looks like this is what a machine gun looks like and we have all these shapes that we associate that's also why they do it it looks cool even though it doesn't make sense and people understand it clearly so a lot of those design sensibilities that i think are quite interesting that is very fascinating. Oh, I'm just thinking about like ancient Greece <laughs> and like subways now, and that's so cool. Yeah, I find like I like to be a little more grounded in reality, so not going too crazy. So having a time period already gives me all. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. So if I take uh, Egyptians, well, I have all the research on what clothes did they wear, what kind of jewelry, what kind of technology, how did the boat look like, how did this, that, Mm -hmm. uh, how did they farm, like the language. So I don't have to reinvent everything and I can just play with those parameters and just add 10, 20, 30% of something new or change it. What if the Egyptians were in, in the mountains? What if the Egyptians were in the jungle? Like how would they adapt and yeah, it's it's a lot easier also to design that way mm-hmm. than just reinventing a whole civilization by yourself, which <laughs> is a little daunting. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I think 
I think that makes sense in terms of like how people can sort of buy into it is it's a little bit more relatable. Maybe they're more familiar with a certain culture or a certain uh, civilization. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like, oh, this is legit, but this is also really cool. Um, well, if, if you're knowledgeable about something that people are not too familiar with, I don't know where it depends if you're from a country that's not that, uh, uh, how to say, represented in media, for example. Mm-hmm. I don't know, a more... Uh, or oriental type of things or like African tribes you don't really see that often in video games right so if you can like base it in your culture something that is new different that people are not used to see could be really cool because people are like oh that, that looks really cool I never heard about it mm-hmm. so, that's awesome yeah you mentioned the idea of being a problem solver I think um, it's something that's I'm starting to learn hear more from artists in general is like you know you're solving mm. a problem through your art um, mm-hmm. I guess what what is that thought process like because I've always looked at art like before I actually got into it as you know you just make whatever seems cool or whatever fits but yeah, there is yeah. a sort of problem-solving aspect to it that makes it functional so there's this kind of misconception about concept art a lot of people think that concept art is actually illustration. Illustration, when you make a piece just as beautiful as you can for a book cover or marketing arts and so on. Whereas concept art is really what it is, it's concept art. So you use art more as a tool to communicate a concept, an idea visually to people. So of course, the better artist you are, the best, better craftsman you are, uh, the faster and the easier people are going to understand the idea that you're trying to solve. But at heart, you have to solve a problem. So the problem could be, okay, we have this TV show in this style, very cartoony and so on, and we need a new toilet seat designed for it. What does it look like in this style? That's your problem. And you have to solve that problem visually. Or it could be, okay, we have this this new Batmobile with this functionality, ejectable seats, they have headlights, it can transform into a motorcycle. What does it look like? That's your problem and that's what you're trying to solve. And art is actually just, that's the way I see it at least, it's just a tool that you would use to achieve and solve your problem actually. That's really cool. Yeah, it it makes makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It's like when you think about (laughs) things like um, how would I describe maybe like a TV show and it's like oh that's a toilet like without even without even making that connection consciously like they've designed Mm -hmm. that so that you can just connect that if if you look at all those Cartoon Network shows for example that are very stylized 2D like what is the style what is the color range how saturated are the colors is it like really push proportions and so on or not is it just a thick outline like there's a lot of aspects to this kind of like filter of what show you just like take an object pass it through the filter and it comes out in the show right mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's i love it i think i think a lot of people uh, don't understand uh what concept art is from the outside maybe it's hard to explain like my parents still have troubles i think understanding right. that i'm not an artist i'm more of a designer in a way and art is just a a tool I use just like my, my dad used to to work uh, in management a lot of excel sheets and he uses math and excel as a tool to achieve his goals 
Right. My mom is is a teacher in physics, and yeah, she she uses as well math and problem solving and language as tools to communicate to her to her students. And I use art to communicate my ideas in another way. I love that analogy. That makes so much sense. Um, a couple more questions. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned during um, your applications and being rejected that you know you did ask for reasons why. Do you think there's any sort of reasons that stuck out to you and something that other people could look into for their work and so that they can get accepted into these positions? So I would say one of the uh, biggest problem I had was just I wasn't there yet like quality wise I was aiming way too high like my eye wasn't trained enough at the time so the um, the different recruiters or uh, concept leads and so on who replied to me said you should work on your fundamentals you should work on do more research like make the things a little more believable work on textures it's just like they said the ideas were fine. That was not the problem, but I just had to push it a little further, right? Like I wasn't there yet. And I was just out of school and I kind of had all those big dreams out of school, like got really excited. Okay, I can start applying for jobs. I'm ready, but I didn't realize that at the time, at least now I see it very clearly that uh, in one year, everything they taught me in school was not in depth enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the problem with all the artists that we're never we don't feel good enough ever. But uh, what I learned in school is that they they showed me the way to a lot of different tools. Would it be different techniques? Would it be like photo bashing? Different uh, using three D as a base, overpainting, uh, texture overlays, etc. Just different ways to achieve the same goal. And, but I didn't have enough time to train it in school. So when I got out, I kind of was like, okay, I know a lot of things, but I didn't know it in depth enough. And I didn't realize how much I would have to train uh, more on those different parts. So it it was kind of like a a slap in the face at first when you just get rejection after rejection, like, oh man, like was this all for nothing? But I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's a good way to look at it. Is um, whether you're going through school or not, um, you're always sort of developing your skills, right? Like even for me, like when you're speaking sure. about this, like I just edited my reel, my video reel mm-hmm, for 2020, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, like I, as much as I think that you know, I've definitely gotten to a certain point. Like my eyes are getting better, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot of mistakes that I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always like a constant growing process and I, I do understand that feeling like oh I don't know if I'm ever like was this worth the jump was this worth taking that leap <laughs> when you, you really have to barrel down and keep leveling up and you know like you want to get to a certain place where you're good your eyes match up with your your hands yeah, but then your like, eyes keep getting better it's like so frustrating it's a constant struggle I mm-hmm. have uh, another problem I have is there's a lot of new exciting tools that are coming out daily almost new programs new softwares new technologies like real uh, virtual reality is pretty new still uh, I'm lucky I get to uh, be hands-on and really work with it every day but when it first came out I was like I don't know if it I should learn it there's so many other things I should learn and what I already learned 
I need to train to be really good at. So it's always like, uh, should I learn this new tool? Maybe it will make my workflow better or should I keep uh, grinding the gears I'm already familiar with? It's, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always tough. a constant struggle of learning new things. It's con constant growth. There's so many paths you can take. It's hard to focus sometimes on one mm -hmm. aspect of it, I feel. Yeah. It is. I, that's very overwhelming, right? When there's so many things that you could be learning. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think the nice thing is that anytime you learn something, you're always leveling up your skill as a concept artist or as a creative. And yeah, yeah. they'll all kind of come into play later on. Because <laughs> when we first talked, you were doing, I think you were doing something with like VR, but you were designing in VR. Yes. Or like creating something in VR. And now like you're working with VR tools. It's super cool. Yeah, I think it's... It's actually funny how things played out. I just got really interested in this technology. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try it. And uh, I think Steve Jobs said this, where you cannot connect the dots looking forward. It's just in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, indeed, it makes sense for me. I tried VR. I studied concept art. I was in the military, was like more technical stuff. And now I'm designing for the pharma industry in <laughs> VR and so on. Like, like the the path makes sense actually, which is it's funny always looking back, but you don't know what's ahead of you and you don't know if the choices you're making are the right ones, but it'll lead you somewhere. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. And I guess uh, one more question. Mm -hmm. What makes you unique as a concept artist? Unique? I mm -hmm. think everyone kind of has their their own path that makes them unique. So... I think coming from Switzerland, having this military experience, having traveled uh, out of my comfort zone uh, made me who I am. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily making me unique, but it's definitely influencing my choices uh, in my, my designs, in my design process also, just trying to learn new things all the time, pretty curious. So, I'm not sure I have really found my, how to say, my style or my mark, like a lot of people would say. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what's making me me. And everyone has their own story. Every time I talk with another artist, they come from somewhere else. I can see, for example, my girlfriend, she's from Brazil. And her art is a lot more colorful than mine for some reason. I don't know <laughs> if it's because Europe is a little more gray with the weather and we have less less fruits, less less plants around and so on, but that might influence. So yeah, mm -hmm. everyone from where you're from, how you grew up with is going to make you unique and yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> yes, Europe is a little could be a little gray sometimes with the weather, especially when you were in the UK, I'd imagine. But mm, yes, yeah. <laughs> well, it was kind of similar to Vancouver, to be fair. Right. Except Vancouver is sunny half the year, whereas UK isn't. But yeah, it's like <laughs> half raining half the day. So yeah, that's funny. How can we support you and your work moving forward? Mm, well, I think it's it's hard to answer. It's mostly myself uh, i think i need to just get better but if you want to check me out on instagram on my art station follow me even though i didn't update those since a little <laughs> while 
also a constant struggle of mine, but that would be happy. I think just type my name on, on Google, Rafael Gelusche. Uh I don't know if I need to spell it for you, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you should find a few links uh, uh, linking you to my website, personal website and Instagram. So mm -hmm. yeah, that would be very much appreciated. And if you have any questions, just shoot me a message. I would be happy to answer. That's anything, awesome. Honestly. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. For any concept artists, uh, aspiring yeah, yeah. concept artists. I know, I know the struggle. It's hard to network and any people I can meet if they're, especially if they're really cool people, I'm always open to, to new, how do you say, to meeting new people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially artists. Artists are cool. There you go. Go reach, go reach out to Raphael. And uh, yeah, so thanks. Thanks again for doing this podcast, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, a really cool opportunity and yeah always enjoy talking with you that's always hey. great talks <laughs> yeah it's good catching up <laughs> yeah all right i well, hope to see you soon then <laughs> you as well man when, when we visit europe definitely uh swing by shoot me a message sounds good thanks again for listening to the episode consider giving us a rating on itunes and subscribing or following the podcast if you found this valuable to your creative pursuits share this episode with your friends word of mouth always helps and we will see you in the next one Thank you.